0: This is James Coover with K-State Research and Extensions Wildcat in Southland District. Right now, there are a lot of interesting things going on with the grain commodity markets. Prices and bases are stronger than they have been for years. Many farmers are likely wondering how they can get into the markets and capitalize when the markets move like this. On December the 8th, at the Neosho County Fairgrounds in Erie, we'll have a Winning the Game Grain Marketing Workshop from 9.30 to 2.30. This is going to be an intensive training workshop for producers how to make marketing plans and use marketing tools. While the workshop will be largely focused on corn, what is learned can be used for any crop. To hear more about the current grain markets, here is Dr. Dan O'Brien.
1: Strong moves in the markets caused by the accumulation of crop production problems that happened over the summer in China and other places in the world. These countries have been almost daily participants in, in buying soybeans at from us and other sources and and brazil at this time is pretty much out of their exports of soybeans have been delayed frankly in planting their next coming crop so it just widens the window out when the u.s will be the only soybean supplier of any quantity in the world when you look at the price movements that have occurred we had seen lows in the soybean market back in august got down to about 850 875 thereabouts and closed on uh, Thursday at 10.73 and three quarters. So that's a gain of over two dollars a bushel. Wheat is an odd critter. We have dry conditions in the world. The even bigger issue has to do with prolonged, serious, debilitating drought affecting the establishment of, of the wheat crop over in, in Russia and in parts of Ukraine. And if uh, you look at the, at the soil moisture maps uh, internationally, France, Germany, pretty dry, Western Australia dry. We've got lots of concerns about having adequate wheat production and wheat supplies in the coming year. Now, we have large stockpiles of wheat in the world, so it's almost a little bit counterintuitive. But with the run-up in soybeans, strong prices for corn, wheat market seasons going on in those other two, has its own problems, and it's, it's been running up as well. Corn and sorghum. Again, we talked about how these things are bull markets across the uh, spectrum of these major commodities. Again, August 10th, 11th, we were down for corn to about 320 Closed on Thursday, 416 so about a dollar higher. And at a time when you normally see seasonal lows, gosh, we've got tremendous rally that, that's occurred in, on the future side. Right during the time when we're finishing up harvest for a lot of our crops, we've got tremendous basis bids, pretty strong futures. You know, we don't use lightly the word goal market, but that's sort of where we're at. Markets that have run up, a lot of support, and it's really just a matter of buyers versus sellers now negotiating on when, when this grain will move.
0: If you're interested in learning more about how to use the grain markets to your advantage and learn directly from Dr. O'Brien and the Kansas Farm Bureau Director of Commodities, Mark Nelson, the Grain Marketing Workshop in Erie will be on December the 8th from 9.30 to 2.30. If you are a grain producer, this in-person workshop is one that you do not want to miss. Please contact your local Extension office if you are interested. The number for the Erie office is 620-224-3829. This has been James Coover with your Extension Crop Report. Next up, we'll have Wendy Powell, Livestock Production Agent for the Wildcat District.
2: This is Wendy Powell, your Livestock Production Agent with the Wildcat Extension District. Good animal husbandry. Managing pig housing and heat loss can reduce the impact of cold stress on swine herd performance. Pigs have a small range of temperatures that allow them to optimally prioritize nutrients for growth or reproduction. Temperatures that fall outside of this range results in some form of stress. Pigs housed in temperatures that are persistently lower than this range experience reduced feed efficiency, stunted growth rates, or weight loss. Young pigs that grow slowly will continue to physiologically mature, but not maximize muscle growth before maturing to stages of fat accumulation. Cold pigs are high maintenance. Even when mature, they require more feed to maintain heat production and body condition. How much feed does it take to maintain body weight and cold temperatures? Depending on age and size, outside temperatures, and weather conditions, you may need to triple the daily feed allowance. However, Simply increasing the feed amount is not enough to compensate for lowering temperatures. Feed energy levels must be increased, since pigs are limited in their ability to eat massive amounts daily. Essentially, when temperatures are too cold for several days, pigs will have a negative energy balance that cannot be corrected with feed alone. There are a number of things you can do to prevent cold stress. Offer shelter from precipitation and dampness as humidity will pull heat from the animals in low temperatures. All efforts should be made to provide pigs with a dry bedding area. Provide windbreaks and shelters from drafts. Be sure that your windbreaks do not allow air to draft around the space at pig level. Insulate the pig area. This can take on a variety of forms, from bedding to insulated walls and ceilings. The idea is to capture as much of the pig's heat as possible while still allowing air exchange. Strive to keep ambient temperatures within the thermo-neutral zone of the pig for age and body size. For suckling and young growing pigs, this is particularly important as they are very lean at birth and don't develop fat stores until maturity. This lack of fat prevents them from having energy reserves to burn for maintaining body heat. A temperature around 85 degrees Fahrenheit for pre-weaning pigs is about where you wanna be. For finishing pigs around 200 pounds 50 to 60 degrees is about right for a sow that is raising a litter you're looking for a temperature around 55 to 65 degrees you'll also help yourself by keeping mature pigs in good body condition maintaining a healthy fat cover on pigs six months or older can act as both an insulator and additional energy reserves for creating body heat for more information on managing your pig's environment meeting their needs and keeping your costs in check, give me a call at the LaBette County Extension Office 620-784-5337
0: Thanks, Wendy. And now, here's Davin Scrantz, Natural Resource and Diversified Ag Agent, with her report.
3: This is a Dave one of the Agriculture and Natural Resource Agents from the K-State Research and Extension Wildcat District of Crawford, Labette, Montgomery, and Wilson Counties with your K-State Research and Extension report. Whether you have a few chickens as a hobby or have several chickens to produce eggs or meat, it is important to keep them warm and safe during the winter months. While it is not technically winter yet, the nights have started to get colder, and now is a good time to make sure your chicken coop is ready for winter to help ensure your chickens stay warm and healthy. To do this, you can winterize your coop to prepare it for the cold and provide a warm, draft-free, and clean environment for your chickens. The following is a list of a few things to consider when preparing your chicken coop for winter. Clean the Coop While cleaning the droppings and bedding out of the coop and nest boxes, this is also a great time to check the feeders and waterers for cracks, clean them while you are cleaning the coop, or replace them if needed. Inspect the coop. While cleaning the coop, it is a good time to inspect it to make sure it is ready for winter. Check for the following. Make sure the doors, hatches, and any other openings are properly hinged and can be closed tightly and stay closed. Inspect the coop for any signs of leaking water and replace any sections of the roof that are leaking. Check the whole coop for any cracks, holes, or any other areas that could let cold air in. Check around the coop for signs of predators in the area and reinforce any weak spots that predators could get through. If you have electricity in the coop, inspect it to make sure the wiring is in good shape and the cords are not frayed and fix any problems that you find. Check the bedding in the coop to make sure no rodents or their feces are in the bedding. If the bedding is not clean, replace it with fresh bedding. Bedding. If you need to change the bedding in your chicken coop, there are a couple types of bedding that are great for the coop throughout the whole year. Straw bedding is very easy to find and you can use only straw or mix it with other types of bedding, such as shavings, wood shavings made of pine or aspen are also good options. Shavings provide insulation and can help control the odor in the coop. Poultry nutrition. It is important that your chickens are always well fed, especially in the colder months during the winter. Because it takes more energy to stay warm during the winter, chickens need 10% more calories during the winter than they do in the summer. Water. While chickens always need a constant source of fresh water during the winter, When the temperature drops below freezing and the water freezes over, it is important to break the ice so the chickens can drink water or install a water heater, making sure that the wires are out of the chickens' reach and that the wires are not damaged. From the K-State Research and Extension Wildcat District, this has been Adavin Sronz with your K-State
4: Research and Extension report.
0: Thank you Adavin, and now here is Jesse Gilmore with his report.
4: With K-State Research and Extension's Wildcat District, this is Jesse Gilmore bringing you this week's Hort Report. Trees are once again our theme for the week, where we will talk about oaks. Oaks belong in the Quercus genus, and there are 500 different species of oaks you can choose for your landscape. Oaks are sorted into one of two broad categories. Red oaks have pointed leaf lobes, and white oaks have rounded leaf lobes. Red oaks will be slightly more common in our region than whites, but both do well here. Knowing what group of oaks your specific tree is in is important for determining what potential diseases could affect it, and how long you will need to leach acorns if you decide to eat them. Oaks have several maintenance pointers to keep in mind. Oaks are generally not fussy trees and so will require minimal pruning. However, as they mature, the trees' lowest branches will start failing to put out leaves, This is not a sign of poor health, but rather the tree conserving energy by not growing leaves on branches that will be shaded out by higher branches in the canopy. These branches can be pruned out once these symptoms start showing. Oaks also commonly have lichens growing on the bark at their bases. Lichens are a symbiotic fungus that begins showing up once algae appears on the bark. This usually takes the form of silver flakes and will not harm the tree either. One final thing to keep in mind is the texture and depth of the soil where you want to put an oak. Oaks are one of the few trees that grow their roots outward more than downward. This can lead to complete uprooting in violent storms. Prudent watering during the summer will encourage the roots to dig deeper in search of moisture and nutrients, which leads to a stronger root system and a lower chance of uprooting. Acorns have been foraged as a food source for thousands of years and provide a good source of at-home protein and calories. However, they need some prep work before they become palatable. The primary chemical found in the meat of an acorn is tannic acid, the same chemical found in red wine. In general, red oak acorns will have more tannic acid than white oak acorns, and will need to be leached longer in order to make them palatable. Some foragers recommend putting acorns that need to leach into a toilet's basin. With each flush, the water is replaced and more tannic acid filters out. Any acorns you gather that are still attached to their caps were aborted and will not have a full acorn inside. These, as well as any with obvious entry holes from weevil larvae, should be discarded. With the ice storm on Tuesday night, many trees have suffered partial limb breakage. It is important to give these wounds a clean cut to initiate the healing response in the tree. If the wound is not cut back, the tree cannot compartmentalize the wound, and this gives decay a chance to enter the rest of the tree. Wood does not compost easily, and should not be included in compost piles. Instead, use it in fire pits, brush piles, or discard it as yard waste. For more information on today's topic, contact your local Extension office. I can be reached at 620-724-8233 or at jr637 at ksu.edu. Once again, this has been Jesse Gilmore bringing you this week's Horton Report.
0: Thank you, Jesse, and thank you for listening to K-State Research and Extension's Wildcat District Ag Team on KGGF 690 Radio.